Yeah, so it's called The Hidden Hero. I published it, I think, September 10th. And it's basically about a girl, uh, Hazel Harris. She's nine years old, and she goes through a lot of bullying. You know, she's allergic to eggs. She goes through the bullying of, you know, kids just rubbing a um, an egg cupcake right in her face. And it's just, like, really traumatic for her. And she's just not – she's just growing through it, basically, right? And so I created this thing because a lot of people relate to that. I've actually spoken to so many people on my podcast, and they say the same thing. They're like – they have so many stories about people just bullying them about their allergies and them feeling like they can't fit in and them feeling different. And I really wanted to reach out to the children and say, hey, it's okay – and being different is a good thing. Like use these allergies or whatever you have, you know, just, and it was also not really directed to only people with food allergies or kids with food allergies. It's just people with vitiligo or people who are, have different other conditions that they may not feel comfortable speaking about. And it just makes them feel good and comfortable in their own skin. So that's basically what the book is about and the moral of the story. And uh, yeah, it's on Amazon. I actually, I, I don't, I don't have any food allergies either. I mean, I have like, I guess like a small allergy to kiwi, but I think that's about it. So like for me, that's not really a serious allergy, so it hasn't really affected me. Dude, I thought I had a peanut before. butter allergy until I was Bro. like nine. Why peanut butter? <laughs> what? My mom told me I was allergic to candy to keep me off like unhealthy food until I was I think like, that's like every parent though. Yeah. Wait, so Devin, you're allergic to kiwi? Yeah. So when I was little, I wasn't allergic to kiwi, but then I guess like I don't know how, but. One night, I just had, like, a really weird, like, allergic reaction to it. And so I just kind of assumed that I was allergic. I think my doctor told me I was allergic, too. <laughs> so, you're, so you're basically allergic to kiwi now? Basically, yeah. Okay, did but you I get, like, tested? Like, no, I didn't get tested, but my doctor was like, yeah, you're allergic to kiwi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it was really strange. Is this traumatic experience for you, like, being allergic to kiwi? Has it changed not, your life? Not really. But, like, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. <laughs> Devin's a simple guy. Yeah. I lead a simple life. But I don't know. I, I literally forgot how kiwi tastes and everything. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I haven't had kiwi in a long time either, man. And then know. my mom started buying kiwi again. And I'm just like, really? <laughs> yeah, it's a hard it's a hard life for you without kiwi. Did you, did you, so did you and any of your friends kind of share like, or if any of your friends have other food allergies that are like similar to yours? Do you guys kind of share like that, like emotional connection? None. Literally, none of my friends have any allergies. Really? They don't have any emotional connection with having food allergies at all. I know a couple people who do have food allergies. I know this kid. He is. He goes to Horseman in New York, New York City, and he basically has is allergic to everything, like milk. He's allergic to nuts. He's allergic to stuff. Like he can't eat almost anything. And so he is honestly also one of the sweetest people ever. So it kind of is super sad to see him go through all these EpiPen allergic reactions. He was he had to take three EpiPens one time because one of them wouldn't work. The second one wouldn't work. The third one wouldn't work. So he had to take a fourth one. He had to go to the hospital. Like life is on the line with food allergies. And it's just so crazy to just think about and to hear about. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's actually really nice to actually speak to people. Like that's what I do on my podcast is speak to people who go through the same things and it makes everybody feel better. Like I think community is such a big part in anything you do. So you just do this solo or like, do you have like a co-host? No, I do it by myself. Oh really? How was that like the first couple of times? The first couple of times, obviously it was nerve wracking because I'm speaking to doctors and (laughs) professional people and chefs and celebrities and everything. And I'm just 
there by myself. But at the same time, it's also a lot easier. So I don't have to coordinate with just another person. And then it just ha- it's like my schedule because I'm I was like super busy, especially during COVID, of doing everything and basketball and all of that. So oh, you play easy. for the school? Yeah, yeah. Oh, for real? You on varsity? Mm, this year, hopefully. <laughs> so I went to Europe like two summers ago, I think, like going into freshman year. And I went with a couple of my cousins. And one of them has, like, a severe, like, nut allergy. I think it's, like, the cashews. And so we were in Europe, and, like, we were eating some food. I don't even know where. But, like, we were eating some food. And, I, I, like, he had his EpiPen on him, but, like, he didn't check to know. Because he was eating some sauce or something, and, like, it had cashews in it. But he didn't know. So he was, like, kind of sick and stuff. So, like, the EpiPen really came in clutch. Yeah. It's, it's, I think that's, yeah, it's what it's made for. No, but I, I was actually in Italy two three years ago and that's why I started my entire podcast my entire book thing the entire advocacy thing I was my sister is severely allergic like it's actually insane she is she almost died probably like three four times because of allergies we were in Italy my dad took us my sister and I she was 10 I was like 12 13 I went to we went to Italy just the three of us and we're having a great time you know it's just in the summer it it was a lot of fun we saw you know, we went shopping, we went Rome, Venice, awesome, right? And so she had, and it was in the morning, my dad got breakfast to our uh, Airbnb, and she actually had, we asked for a chocolate croissant, and apparently chocolate in Italy means Nutella, and Nutella has tree nuts inside of it, and she's learning to nuts. And so she ate it, she broke out into insane hives everywhere, she was about to throw up, her throat was closing up. And we didn't know what to do. And we had two EpiPens on us, thank God. And so she took the EpiPen. Finally, her, you know, throat, you know, kind of started opening up and everything. Um, And so it was really scary, especially my mom, like, across the ocean, like, freaking out and giving my, like, you know, yelling at my dad, like, what the heck is going on? She was, like, freaking out. And my my brother was younger, so that's why she didn't go, um, come to Italy. But... That's basically what happened, and I started my entire thing, and it wasn't only one allergic reaction. She had another allergic reaction a few days later, and we were having gelato, and it was coffee ice cream, and apparently it was cross-contamination, and so it was really, really a really scary experience, but um, yeah, that's that's what happened. And Devin, this has got to be the perfect college essay I've ever heard. <laughs> because, no, 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 think about this. Like, she was inspired by her sister on a trip to Italy where her sister had a severe allergic reaction, and that caused her to start a podcast, write a book, and do research at a university. Think about how that. Think about how that plays out to an admissions officer, Devin. Think about Eric, it. Eric, I thought about it. I planned it out. <laughs> Bro, she's got her cards Whoa, that's played insane. right. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she's doing. Nobody yeah, else knows, knows, but we oh know. We're like, you know. That's a, that's <laughs> a good essay. That is a good essay. Oh my gosh! I need my SAT score to be good, and then and then I'll be everything will be okay. So that she said, she got the whole, she got the passion project set, she got the essay set. Not the grades set yet. Not the grades. Right, nobody got grades set yet. Though. Yeah, no one's got the. <laughs> junior year hit me really hard. I gotta tell you. Bro, junior year sucks. No, sucks. November SAT sucks. Have you had any like closing? Like, do you eat school lunch too? Yeah. So have you had any like close encounters with that? Um, I'm not severely as severely allergic as my sister is. I have um I've had one allergic reaction and that was after a basketball game a few years ago and I had Thai food and I there were nuts 
all like on the bottom of Thai food on my um whatever it was like the chicken and rice and so we asked no nuts no nuts no nuts they said no they said okay yeah we assure you there's no nuts in the food and so we're like okay we believe you i ate it there were nuts and i would have seen the place and got so much money a reaction yeah i was like seriously it was so it was really not great and i was gonna go to sleep actually that night and my stomach was hurting really badly but i was like you know what i'll just leave it off and then my sister woke me up. And if she didn't wake me up, I don't really know what would have happened because it was a really bad reaction. So, yeah. So, is it, like, all nuts or just, like, tree nuts or peanuts? All nuts, except almonds. I see your sign in the back. It says, Embrace the Chaos. Yes. What is that about? My dad wrote a book, and it's called Embrace the Chaos. And it's basically, I kind of was telling Eric this before, but he's a motivational speaker and an author. And he worked at Pfizer for a while, and he started a startup. So his entire, like, motto is embracing the chaos and embracing change in the workplace. And so that's how I have this whole studio and everything. I feel like <laughs> he was kind of my inspiration in kind of, you know, taking initiative and doing something to change people, people's lives in a, in a way. Yeah. And then your, your dad wrote a book, too, right? Yeah, three. What is three it called? Books? Jeez. Did, that expi- did that inspire you to write your book? I feel like that's, like, the obvious question. Yeah, yeah. He wrote Treat Your Customers, which is like when he was working at my grandparents' Dairy Queen a while ago. And then he wrote, um, he wrote Make Your Own Luck. And then he wrote um, Embrace the Chaos. So those are things that kind of inspired me in a way to write my own book. And I don't know. I don't know how I got the inspiration of writing a book. I just thought it would be cool. And it was during lockdown. So I was like, you know what? I should just get up and actually do something in my life. So I just put pen on paper i guess and started so you're like a quarantine revelation or something (laughs) i guess so i mean i don't know i i just was super like i felt like i needed to do something and in order to distract myself from like not seeing my friends i'm a very social person and i love to like just talk and be with my friends and hang out with people and i couldn't do that during lockdown so i found another way to communicate with people through reaching out and actually talking to people online and really creating a base and foundation for myself to better not not only myself but to better the community and better other people i actually got the idea of starting a podcast off of a netflix show off of really all american how and oh all american. olivia baker's podcast yeah yeah exactly and yeah. so i was like i don't know why it was just like super random and so she had a podcast i was like oh maybe i can do that and so i just started like one episode and a lot of people liked it and so i was like okay maybe i can actually start this and then I started getting a lot of people on, chefs, doctors, people who I would never have thought of before, um, get on my podcast. And I actually like making great connections with them. Like I had, had, I had a Yale professor on my podcast, super nervous, right? And it went so well. And I made a great connection with him now. And I just can reach out to him whenever. And it's just super cool to have those connections with people who you wouldn't have thought of before. And what also is really cool is that I just made something out of like nothing. And that's what my dad did. So I guess in a way, yeah, I can say uh-huh. that, yeah. it's like it's really cool to see how these ne- these people you, you you've never even thought of like they exist. Like I, I would never imagine this guy who's like working maybe a hundred thousand dollar day job, and this guy's retiring by the time he's thirty by like investing and buying real estate. So he's making on average from like just passively around eight hundred thousand dollars a year. Like Who you would that? never, you, no, like just certain like Jim Chuong, like that guy. No, oh, yeah. He retired by the time he was 30 because he was making $2 million passively 
on a fifty thousand dollar day job. That's crazy. Is insane. Is that insane? How? Yes. No, because if you like invest in real estate and then you buy like multiple complexes and then you live in one of those complexes, become a landlord there. And it's like, let's say it's like one complex and you rent it out entirely. You use that money to buy another complex. Then you continue that. Yeah, yeah, you keep going on and on until you get like 10 complexes. Maybe you buy a parking lot to, you know, spice it up a little. And then like you rent everything out. You basically charge fees every single time someone tries to park. And then just through all that, it compounds over time and you're making millions each year without even lifting your finger. Wow. We've also seen like kids our age. So we filmed this one girl from Canada and she was telling us how like she buys like vending machines. And so what she does is like, if it, like let's say she was like a pizzeria and like they have a vending machine there. She'll ask the owner if she can buy their vending machine for like whatever amount of money. And then whenever somebody uses that vending machine, she just takes like straight cash profit after a while. And then she's like, use the money from that to buy another vending machine. And then like, she keeps going and going. She makes a ton of money profit um, passively. Yeah, she was making like 500 a week just off vending machines alone. Crazy. It's crazy. Wow. Do you make money off your book? My book? Yeah. I mean, I did it off of Amazon, right? So it's like one of the most popular shipping, you know. So I, I just... I haven't looked exactly how much money I've made, but I do make some money here and there. Like my goal is to actually get a couple like thousand just off my book, like just my goal. Passive income. And because yeah, exactly. That's you get like everything. Like when someone purchases it, do you get all that money? Like if it's like eight dollars, you get get, all of it back. I think I get seven. They take a lot. (laughs) Like they take take a lot. Yeah, well, duh. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I. I, Um, I probably get like half um, you get half i also have a, i have a co-author as well right oh so, you get like so if the book's eight dollars you get half that's four and then you split it up you get two no but here's the here's the tea though yeah the thing uh-huh. is my co-author um she is so it was really hard working with someone like she's in chicago right and she's uh, a daughter of someone super famous in the industry she's dr oh, really? the yeah, and I, Dr. In the food allergy industry? In the food allergy industry. And so she's, her name is Dr. Rishi Gupta, and she's really, really amazing allergist. Everybody loves her. And so her daughter is Rhea Jane. That's my co author. Mm-hmm. And she basically helped me with the book and everything like that. But it was hard for everyone to, like, both of us to, like, just meet, you know, with our editor, with the publisher. And it was so difficult just kind of getting, coordinating our schedules, especially with the time zone difference. Um, it was like we worked on it for almost a year, right? So it's been it's been really hard just to coordinate that. And so honestly, the money wise, the profit wise, I don't think she received anything because I also paid for the illustrations myself, and oh, I also yeah. paid and coordinated with the illustrations. I sketched out every single illustration. Like I stayed up so late working hard, just like sketching out illustrations and doing and meeting with the editors and kind of figure out the publishing because we didn't know what, what we I didn't know what I was doing. I never wrote a book before. And mm-hmm. my dad really helped me a lot with it, but he didn't know either because illustrations and kids books are so different. So, did it cost a lot? Like, did you do you think mm-hmm. the money you've made back on the book so far? Like, are you still at a loss? I that's a good question. So I um like I said before, like I didn't check how much money I've made so far to this day, but the illustrations costed probably about four hundred. And yeah, she's an illustrator in, in Russia. So, illustrations even after you had sketched out the actual illustrations, after I 
Dude, what? You know how long how is that every, fair? Every single page, twenty-two pages. Wait, so right? what did she do? So <laughs> she just colored it so, in for you. you for? <laughs> so I, so I had to sketch out. There's twenty-two pages, right? And I sketched out what I wanted my vision to be like. I gave it to her. I was like, okay, can you actually draw it? Because I'm, I can't draw. I just sketched it out. I was like, okay, this is what I want. I gave it back to her. She gave it back to me. I'm like, no, this is not what I want. So, and then she, I did it again. I said, no, I don't like this one. And so I kind of went back and forth, like probably about five to six times every single page just to get it right. And so she did a lot of work, though, on her part. And she's like an amazing illustrator. Her name is Daria from Russia. I got it off of the website Upwork, which is really, really great um, website to hire just random uh, people who in different countries, whatever. And so I just basically did all of the sketches and then she did the actual illustrations so it, it was a lot of work for her how do you change an illustration five to six times like on 22 pages how does that's how does so that tedious work? that takes that's... that takes a lot of effort no how do you like how do you come up with ideas to change it that many times it wasn't like changing the entire illustration it was changing the details and there's a lot of details in the pages really? you can tell like i made a lot of um symbolisms and just a lot of fun like things that you can just look out for, um, just random stuff. Well, you couldn't use Canva, <laughs> bro. <laughs> bro, that's what I'm bro. saying. You're gonna use Canva and it's Pro. Not actual <laughs> yeah, Canva Premium. That's easy. There's no, <laughs> there's no like format. Then you have to have a format. You have to have like the actual illustration um, idea or whatever. And so I just asked her to do it because Canva. That means I have to do this stuff, right? And I can't draw illustrations. You have to actually, you know, do it. Properly. So you just gave her like a base idea, and then she kind of like finalized the stuff and did all the whatever. Yeah, she finalized it, and then we had to figure out the formatting, and then all the yeah. other publishing stuff, and then you know, what are we gonna put on it? Wait, what so how the... long did it take you to initially like write the content in the book? The process of the script writing was probably about like two to three months. Three months. Three months. And then. You t- you had to take like another nine months just to figure out like illustrations and like you know so publishing. three or four months for the actual just write writing and editing portion. Editing portion was a while too because you had to literally read out every single word, making sure we got an editor, making sure on Grammarly. everything works. <laughs> <Grimmel. laughs> no, it's actually it was actually it was fun though because I got to meet a lot of new people. And that was like during the December through March time. And then March is when I got my illustrator. And then March through May. No, March through June. Um, I got my illustrations done. And then June through August, September. That's when it got really hard because SAT started and just um, I school was getting starting and everyone's schedule was crazy. And it was just everyone was postponing the publishing date. And I was, I'm like this person who really just wants to get it done. And I wanted to get it out in the world already. It was like by far, like almost a year by making it. And so I just, just published it afterwards in September because everything was done. And then we got the illustrations finished and all of it was finally over. And it was good on Amazon. Damn, damn, I wanted to write a book, man. Now you don't. That's gonna take a lot of work. Remember when, remember when I wrote Ceiling Thoughts, man? Bro, don't even talk about that. I don't even want to hear that. <laughs> what is that? So I tried to like write a book about like you know you know like when you're like lying in your bed like it's like two a.m. in the morning you oh, can't fall asleep geez. then you look up at your ceiling and you're just like thinking you know 
Like, yeah, <laughs> I had to write a book Eric, about. You, know, you could do that. No, Make it's like story it's like um. For example, Ria, like it's imagine this. What like what makes a refried bean refried? You know oh, what I mean? Up. Like, like that's what I'm saying <laughs> right now. You know what I mean? Like, what color is a mirror? This is the stuff I think about. You know? Aren't those just called shower thoughts? What? Yeah, shower thoughts. You think thoughts. about this in a shower? What? That's what they're called. That's like the term. For no, that. bro. I like singing in the shower. What are you talking about? No, they're called shower thoughts. He's too like, focused on his vocals. Yeah, bro. It's like, you know, a good vocal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, yeah, ceiling thoughts. It's you all... could do yeah, that. Write Loki. a book on it. You actually could. You could just write like a collection of short stories or thoughts or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> just write each one of my thoughts down, turn it into like a poem. You really could. Uh, That's what people do, yeah. I mean, a lot of people don't know how much work it is, but now they yeah. know. Eric, we'll do it together. Yeah. We could put Devin's pickup lines in the book. No, bro, stop. <laughs> no. Devin, share one of your pickup lines. No, yeah, no, Devin, no, yeah, Devin. No, no. Yeah, Devin. They're not PG. That's why I looked them up with my friend. They're, they're like, they're, they're like Wolf of Wall Street rated. It's all good. Yeah, nah. oh That's for another day. <laughs> another episode. Yeah. <laughs> When we don't make PG content. Seriously? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Devin, we should really change this from, like, clean to explicit, man. Why? Because it'll be it's more fun. fun. But, like, nobody I think young... we have more viewers, to be honest. Exactly, like, nobody bro. Nobody listens to our stuff, though. Who? Huh? Really? Like, nobody... you know, I'm talking about, like, young as in, like, too young. Who's your audience, though? Our main... Your... Dude, dude, bro. Oh, my bro, God. Devin. We have the craziest our demographic. Main... No, no, no. Wait, Devin, Devin. Our de- main demographic is in their 20s to 30s. <laughs> Are you That's serious? That's like creepy, but like. No, I'm not. Like, this is like for real. How do you? Oh my gosh. So like people that are do people at school listen to, listen to your podcast? Yeah, they do. Depends. Really? Yeah, really? Yeah, it does depend. But, but like, like my aunt has to listen to it. People so from not Saudi Arabia listen to us, Devin. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Bro, like one time, one time, like I told my aunt that I was doing this podcast with my friend, and she was like, "Oh, can I listen to it?" And I was like, "Sure." <laughs> but see, if we, made, if we made explicit content, then, like, you know, I'm not exactly trying to get, like, <laughs> like, Devin, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, Bro, that's, the, that's, like, really weird to think about, though. Like, a random, like, Saudi Arabian dude that's, like, 28 years old, and he's, like, Listen a real estate novelist or something. He's just listening yeah. to us. <laughs> Just Imagine. going to work, and he has us on like Apple on Apple Podcast in his car, bro. Giving us the rating. That's so insane to think about. Like, can you imagine? All right, we say hi to all of our Saudi viewers. If you're in Saudi, oh, right, and we're starting to grow a following in Singapore too, man. All right, we say hi to all the Singaporeans as well. We get more foreign listeners than American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get we get more foreign listeners than American listeners. Are you serious? I Dude, our demographics are so weird. The foreigners love us, man. Yeah, right, Americans don't get it. They just don't right, get it. I have ninety-one percent United States, two percent Spain, two percent South Africa, one percent Germany. I have India, Canada, Australia, Senegal. Give England. Switzerland, Ireland, <laughs> Philippines. Wait, this is actually kind of cool. There's no you way. See? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> Just cool. just imagine like a guy named Giuseppe talking about his book or talking about looking at Rhea talking about her book. You're like, oh yeah, I heard this person listening to podcasts wrote a book. <laughs> hey Eric, do you know what percentage of our listeners are from America? Oh, like fifty. That's like low. Yeah, I know. But it's well, pretty how cool. How do you like... reach your other audience? That doesn't make sense. 
I don't know. Like the foreigners just find us, like, man. Like I don't know what to tell you. I bet they're using a VPN or something. Yeah. This <laughs> is also very broad too. It's like a lot of people have those kind of stuff, right? The what? Business. Yeah. Business? Yeah. I don't know. Not like I. I only know like two other pot or like one other podcast started by like teams like that has to deal with business everything else is more like you know maybe it's about activism or um you know things like that i feel like also though a lot of other business podcasts have like a more specific niche like real estate or finance or whatever we can't still do everything really because it depends on the guest <laughs> yeah That's what I've seen. i feel like guest speakers are a hit or a miss you know what i mean no they really like, are because it's like it's you're either like i we have guest speakers that are just so formal and then you have guest speakers like financialism that were like so fun. Why do you say financialism? But literally F U N financialism. Oh, it's financialism for real? Yeah, but what's a financialism? <laughs> my bad, my bad. No, but yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Like I literally have a lot of people you don't know if they're gonna be interesting or not to Exactly, to. that's the word for it. Bro, like Rhea, that's how do you deal with this? You're literally like you, you interview like doctors, like they're like so formal. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, that's why it's so hard to make it more entertaining for you actually to listen to it. Would you like crack a joke important. in the middle when he's talking about like surgery? <laughs> no, nah, bro, that's probably a lot. You can't do that. No, no, no. I actually have to. I have to match the tone. Like, I actually have to match the tone because your what audience you... is different, though, right? My audience is parents and people who and children and people who and doctors and just and professors and everything right so my my like, podcast has to be super formal so they're not directed to my friends or anybody like that so it I has to be like more professional there's this we had the social entrepreneur on our podcast she was being so formal so i decided to get into like an argument with her i was like yelling at her it was no bro Devin, you remember that <laughs> bro, I, I, anything for our listeners man i was texting during the episode i was like eric stop it right now <laughs> I think his mom. It was like, bro, no. Yeah, because Devin, Devin kept agreeing with her, man. Devin agrees with <laughs> all the co- all the guests, man. It's just Devin, me against the world out her? here. Huh? Are you intimidated by her? That's why you're agreeing with her. Bro, Devin's intimidated though. of everyone, man. Are you serious? <laughs> she no, she was fun though. She was, yeah, intimidated? that's because I kept yelling at her, bro. I I got out of her fun side. <laughs> Eric kind of got her out of a sh- like her shell a little bit. Actually, no. That's good. That's good. Well, kind of, That's yeah. hard to do, though. Especially well, when you yell at someone, they kind of, like, you know, they kind of get feisty. So, like, Did you yell at her? You yelled at her. Yeah, I was, like, straight up. Because, no, we were arguing. She was like, oh, you don't need a, you don't need a college education to become an investment banker. I was like, what? You, what are you like, saying no, you right do. now? No credibility? What kind of firm is going to hire you? And it was just like a big argument, but it was, it was, like, so it was pretty funny. fun because I won the argument. So like, I, I was pretty proud. You know, it was, okay. good, it was a good day. It was a good day. I know she, she thinks she won. <laughs> she she got mad. And then, right now. I ended up DMing her like uh, after maybe like a week later. She just left me on rag. She just never. She was like so <laughs> mad. <That's> so sad. <laughs> bro, I didn't hear about that. Bro, bro, so Devin, cool. this has happened like 10 times already. Eric, come on. You got you can't ruin our reputation like that. <laughs> hey, we get listeners, man. It's all good. Bro, come on. It's all about <laughs> that, the listeners, man. How did the episode do, by the way? For the content. Oh, I got like 60 plays, something like that. It was, it was okay. All right. What's that? <laughs> okay. Also, so back to the book. So I just, I want, this is something that does in the back of my mind. So like, I always hear all these, all these stories about like how JK Rowling got like rejected by like a ton of publishers or editors. Like 1,000 or something? G- no, not 1,000, but like it was, it was like a high. Oh, that was so, Edison. Like, yeah. Like, so, like, did you face that kind of rejection, too? Like, is it that widespread? I went more of the self-publishing route. So, I didn't 
traditionally publish it because that would have taken two years. It takes like, that long. My, no, like a year, two years, and Jeez. I didn't have that time. I need to do it before uh, everything. You know, my career uh-huh. started and everything was done. Like, I can't. <laughs> you I already know what we're thinking right now. <laughs> don't say the name. <laughs> what do you say? Don't say the name of the institute. Yeah, don't don't say don't say your extrinsic motivation here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop. No, that's not actually okay. So this is on record. Like it's not only my motivation. Like I have to say, it's also helping people. Okay. No, no, yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, yeah, uh huh. Everyone says that. It's like, is it only for college? I'm like, well, no, it's for. No, it's I just have a passion for these people. You know, I wanna, I wanna help no, them it's out. Truly this God. Yeah, no, truly, though. Yeah, no, we we get I, that. I got you. I got you. No, we get we get that a lot too. We get it. We get it. We got it. You know what I mean? Oh come on. <laughs> you have i need people from saudi arabia to like me guys like you can't you can't do this saudi the saudi arabians no, love you i can assure that okay okay that's good. our <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun i still can't get over that <laughs> devin was hyped he started playing ice cube dude i was playing like, it was a good day by he was playing it was a good day by ice cube <laughs> it was a good day it was like a friday or saturday too <laughs> yeah <laughs> Wait, so like going back to your book, so like what was that process like? Um, it was a very it was hard and a lot of very difficult process, but it was so much fun because I got to be creative and step away from my schoolwork and actually just work on something that can actually help save someone's life because empowerment is such an important topic for for just helping people and empowering them to be different and to kind of in a sense like be a hidden hero I know it's like so cliche or like cringe to hear or whatever but it's so true and I know a lot of people who go through mental health issues throughout their life and I've spoken to so many children and just teenagers alone who go through that and that's what my mental health study is about with the Columbia University professor about just reaching out to I literally zoomed probably 20 teenagers for an hour each like 20 hours of this like, this was, like, probably towards, like, almost when school was ending last year. And I was just Zooming them, like, back to back. And it was so draining. But I want, but I saw that what they're going through and their struggles. And so I collected all the data. And then now I'm just kind of reevaluating and analyzing that data. And then I hopefully, the goal is to publish it in an actual paper. And then it being mentored by, I'm, I'm being mentored by, like, a NYU student and a Columbia University professor so I think that would be just super cool just to see the data and how that really how food allergies affect mental health basically and so that's how I got it from after the book after I wrote the book I was like oh let me just try to do this as well and that's for the that's with Columbia right yeah but like can you describe a little bit more like how so like you how do you collect data for that like with talking to them do you like record it or like how does that work yeah, so it's qualitative data, and I was actually going to do quantitative, but I decided to do qualitative and actually just speak to them and ask them, okay, so you have, we're talking about three topics, the social life of having food allergies, we're talking about the solutions, about how do you think that, how do you think, how does mental health basically affect your life in a, in a sense? And so I basically just spoke to them and talked to them like an actual human being and just let them speak. And it was kind of like a therapy session in a way because I just didn't speak. I just let them talk. And so then I gathered the information. I recorded all the data. And then I hired somebody from Upwork to transcribe it. And so I have 100 pages, more than 100 pages, probably 150 pages of teenagers talking about their problems. And I have to go back 
and edit it and transcribe it and really like analyze what they're talking about so I can really put it into a data sense. And then, uh, and then I take this paper and I publish it and I say, Hey, I go to manufacturers and say, Hey, these three out of like, I mean, you know, 11 out of 20 children feel like they, you should not put the may contain peanuts on the labeling and they want you to change this labeling blah, blah, blah. And so it's just evidence basically to show other people to actually make a change in, in the community basically. So like, wait, what was that about labeling? There are labeling, you know, may contain, Yeah. you know, how it says may contain. Mm-hmm. If you're allergic, people don't like that, that uncertainty of having like, oh, so it doesn't contain it. Does it contain it? Like, I don't oh, know. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So there's this like misconception. And so people don't like that, but some people like that. I don't really know. Some people like that it has at least, at least it has something, right? At least it says something about it. Some people are like, hey, I don't, I don't get it. Like there's may contain, not may contain. So it's really, it's really a hit or miss when it comes to that. But that's what the labeling is. And people want to change in the labeling system of everything because it can really help save them their lives. So that's what I was just thinking of bringing that, the paper to manufacturers and saying, hey, these people want a change in the labeling. How do you feel about labeling? Me? I think, um, I think may contain should go. Like, honestly, it should just say contain, blah, 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 whatever it has. Just be like certainty. People don't like uncertainty in this world. Like, just be certain and it'll be okay. But people just do that. The the manufacturers do the may contain just for manufacturing. Isn't it like, isn't may contain like, it doesn't say it, like, it's not supposed to have it, but like, it could be cross-contaminated or something like that? Yeah, yeah, cross-contaminated. That's what what it is so there's a lot of uncertainty when it comes to that that's interesting i've ne- I've really never heard that before i yeah. never even thought about that oh also i wanted to ask you so what that so you said you were working with one of the doctors in chicago right who's like really big with food allergies uh-huh. so how did you meet her <clears throat> so i actually just reached out to her and i emailed her for a podcast and so when I emailed her for a podcast, we got to start speaking and we were actually having a recording. And then I met her daughter after we finished the podcast. And she basically introduced me to her um, that she actually wrote her own book. The daughter wrote her own book too. So we got to speaking and then I started talking to the daughter and we just ended up, and then I reached out to her. I was like, hey, do you want to write a book together? And so then she said, yeah. And then we just started writing a book. That's basically how it happened. Eric, maybe you should reach out to like a professional shower thought or ceiling thought person. <laughs> How would you even find someone like that? I'm sure you could look it up, and then we could we, we could write a book together. <laughs> yeah, just like really yeah. reach out to an author or something. Yeah, Eric, we gotta reach out to someone. We should do that. That'd be uh, so funny. Okay. You, should get, you guys should do a study. What should we study? This, a business study. A business study. How would you conduct a business study on on no refried beans are fried, bro? He's not talking about refried beans. How would you? Well, that is a that is an example of a ceiling thought, man. <laughs> is your podcast voice different from your actual voice? One hundred percent. Like I sound so different my podcast voice. You sound so like empowering on the podcast. Like, I watch like <laughs> what is it? I'm, I watched one of the episodes on your podcast. You sounded like that ass, like really serious. Like there was no background noise in the back. You know, it was just uh, no background noise, no parent locking. No, no door. background noise. It was like dead silent, man. Like I was scared, man. Imagine getting your whole house to be silent. 
that's impressive, bro. Hats off, bro. Well, no, Devin, not not serious. everyone's parent takes their door away from them. Bro, okay? that's the second time you mentioned this. <laughs> so funny. Imagine having your parent take your door away, bro. That that's bad. actually so, so funny. Look, what did you do? Bro, I don't even remember, to be honest. You don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's don't just something that happens every day in Devin's life. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so, and then, so what happened? Guys, this is like, we won't put this in the episode. But, like, basically, Devin. so, I don't remember what I did. But I guess my dad got mad. So he, like, took my door off. Like, he literally, like, de-hinged it while I was eating. <laughs> and so I like, came back, and my door was just, like, laying there. Like, it was just, like, leaning against my wall. And I was like, bro, what the hell? Uh, so, <laughs> I walked in my room. I walked in my room. And I had an ELA test, like, the next day or, like, two days after or something. And so I was, like, I was, I was on a Zoom call with Eric and somebody else. And I was like, well, I can't be, like, studying because, like, they're going to hear me talking. And they're like, like, what the hell are you talking about? And so... I went in my closet and I like I don't even know how the hell I did. So I was in my closet, I was like, and I was chilling too. Like it was kind of tight, but you know, it was fine. And then I got yelled for that. They were like, "Why are you in the closet? Just go in the other room." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Now Eric won't let you forget it. So he never does. I feel like every guest speaker, he's like, "You know, like never go to this." Nah, bro. I have a bunch of stories about you, man. That's all good. That's not good, bro. I'll I just alternate. I just alternate between them. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. For the content. <laughs> He got he built up a rotation of stories. Oh <laughs> yeah, but like I I, I yeah I watched like uh it was like the not the most recent episode you put on but like the maybe the next to last most recent episode like you know it was uh which one is that one I don't I forgot it was like when you were like introducing your book it like it had just released oh inside scoop yeah so like. It was it was uh it was like watching like a speech like it was like it was like a social <laughs> it was like watching like a social activism speech in a way yeah, like, yeah I was yeah. like I was like straight up getting chills and and shit yeah I was like <laughs> yeah, man. what yeah that's the goal that's the goal Wait, so is this, is this your podcast voice or like your normal voice or like a mix right now um... yeah. No, no, no. This is her normal. This has got to be her normal voice. That's what it's got to be normal. Yeah, this is. Or maybe this is her guest speaking voice. You know, look at that. We got her out of her shell. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's super chill. Like honestly, this is my normal voice. Um, I usually when I speak to professionals, I go like, "Hey, like, how are you?" or whatever. I just, I just say something super, super. I have a bunch of different voices. Like I have an interview voice. My interview voice is like my interview voice is literally. Oh, I would love to join this because the coalition of students here. I heard it it in the beginning. I was like, that's so different. That's his college voice. That's what I'm saying. That's that's literally the voice. What? What voice? What do you mean? What voice? Just now. Oh, my interview voice. That's your college voice. No, no, no. For any interview, guys, this is this is the thing you say. Like, they're like, why do you want to be a part of this? You're basically like, well, I feel like the coalition of students here, they all share the same passions as me. And you just build on that, you know? You know, it's like, this, the, the coalition bit, is the bit. perfect thing to say. That's it's what I'm saying. a little bit too much thesaurus.com, but okay, I vibe with that. <laughs> <laughs> Having a coalition of students that share the same interests as you, that works every single time. So amazing. Speaking of coalition of students, were you thinking of, like, starting, like, a club or something? Like, not, like, a club for Sudology, but, like, a club like or like an organization something like similar to that um honestly like not really i just uh i don't know i just never really thought of doing a club because i already have the podcast and just doing a club in school would just not really reach a good audience at all like i just don't mm. think it would because nobody not really people would know what it is and then they're just not gonna it's not really advocacy 
Honestly, I didn't writing? even really know about it that much until this episode. I gotta admit. What, what about content writing though? About like food allergies? Like I thought it was oh, just really? the most I thought of food allergies was that it was like the sign that like was on lunch tables. Like I didn't really know. It was, oh like, wow, I didn't know that you know nothing about. Like it. I was like oblivious. You know what I mean? Like wow, I'm glad I woke yeah. you. you know? Come on, Eric. She <laughs> <laughs> <You> woke me. <laughs> okay. I'm woke, reborn. Kevin. I'm woke. He's been reborn. <laughs> A new food allergy aware, Eric. <laughs> I, uh, it looks like I learned something new today, Devin. Oh, see, this is why it. we do the podcast, man. We learn. See, we learn. You learn. We learn. Yes. Exactly. Go. <laughs> maybe you know. Maybe you should do content writing. Find like, uh, what do you call? Bro, it? bro, bro. Devin's trying to recruit for his content no, team. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Devin is like the head of content not writing. Not on the site. Not on, no, not on that. But like, if you like, have you heard of this site like Median or like Medium? I think it's called. Something like that. Medium.com? Yeah. yeah what is yeah. that? It's so like it's a... basically like you, like random creators, not creators, not even creators, like random people everywhere. You write articles and you get paid based on like how many views your article gets. So like I watched this one video of like one YouTuber and she was like, well, I'm going to see like how much you get paid for writing an article. So she write, so she wrote one article and she gets, she is like a decent amount of subscribers. So one of her videos got like a million views. So she wrote an article about like how much money I made from getting a million views. And she got like 4K from that article in like very little time. Oh gosh. So like it, it depends on the article, but I was like, that could be a good way to like share, like start advocacy, like what you were talking about before and maybe even make money too. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll look into that. There's just like no time for anything anymore. Yeah, I know. Everyone's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the one thing I realized this year is that time is so scarce. You know what I mean? Time is a scarce resource. Time is so scarce, yeah, man. Time is precious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we gotta take SAT again too. I hate this so condescending SAT. Are we taking in December? No, I'm probably gonna take it again in March. Oh. Mm. I'm taking it two weeks or three weeks. Again? Why? Why? Again? It, why would? It, how would that help? That's what everyone's saying to me. Now I'm like yeah, fucking guessing. Ria, it wouldn't help because you have like a month. Like you can't really increase your score by that much in a month, especially with school. I mean, everyone's saying that. I just. Wait, I just but no, you don't know what your score is still yet. Bro. I know. I don't know yet, but still. Just have your dad like do a motivational speech on proving everyone wrong. That that will help you. You're gonna get It's actually so bad. Like I remember in eighth grade, I failed something. And he was, like, clapping. And I was like, what the heck is this? Like, uh, parents don't clap after someone fails. Like, this is not what it is. Wait, and... what do you say after that? No, well, for what? <laughs> like, after you failed, whatever. That's what I'm saying. I, I, yeah, I was explaining. So, basically, I was just, I don't know. I, I just failed, like, a test or something. And I never failed before. Like, I'm straight student, whatever. And so, he was like, oh, good job. Like, failing is, is the thing that you need to succeed or something like that. Rhea, 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 listen to this. We fall so we can learn to pick ourselves up, man. Exactly. That's what yeah, I'm he, saying. Exactly. Like, he said that. He Bro, said Devin, exactly. I'd be the best motivational speaker ever. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would be the best motivational speaker ever. I'm telling you. You should do that. You should talk to her dad. Be like, how do I get started it's with this? So Bro, sad. no. I would, legit, no, I would network with Mr. Maglani, bro. Yes. He's on LinkedIn. He has, like... I don't know, he has like a couple thousand on Twitter too. Damn. Oh, for real? Bro, networking YouTube, makes maybe? the world go around. Networking, networking makes the insane. world. <laughs> like that's why podcasting is so good because you can network with so yeah, many. Yeah, exactly. People. That's another know, advantage. Right? Making so many connections. 
because we talked to a lot because like like this is obviously like a stretch but like the guy who does New York Mets news that I think we were talking about earlier in the episode but he like he's met the owner of the Mets like he's like he talks to his like I think like his daughters or like his niece or something like that because they're like they're like the page and everything so like you could theoretically like reach out to him to reach out to his daughters to reach out to the owner of the Mets theoretically yeah and that guy Steve Cohen's worth like Ten billion billions, or something. Yeah. He's working. He's worth billions. So you know, everyone. It's a really small world. Wait, what do you want to be when you grow up, Rhea? Like an author? Why do I sound like this? <laughs> well, everyone, that was episode thirty-four. She wrote a book in eight months, featuring Rhea Maglani. Hope you really enjoyed that episode and. If you like our content, please check out episodes 1 through 33. We put a lot of work into those, and I'm sure you will love them a lot. Our most recent episode before this was the Facebook name change. Please check that out. That's a new style of episode. It's only seven minutes long, and it's a solo episode by yours truly. And um, get ready for the two-month recession episode releasing soon, probably in two days. But this is Eric Wong signing off, and have a great day.